Hello, everyone. You're listening to Elisa Unfiltered, Living Life Out Loud, the podcast. My name is Elisa Curry-Lowitz, and I'm here today speaking from the heart to inspire and motivate you to be your best self. There is so much more to life than the nine to five daily grind, and I want to share all of my secrets with you. So let's get started. Hello, friends. Today it is Wednesday, October the 28th, 2020. Today, here in Ottawa, we woke up to our first snowfall. Well, it's the first snow that actually stayed on the ground for a period of time. It will melt today, of course, but it was kind of this blanket feeling, this waking up to some newness, some change in the world. And is it just me, or does this week feel particularly different? I don't know if it's stress or just this offness. I have to say, since my last episode, I have had some insanely great days. Insanely great. Many amazing wins in my life. I have so much to celebrate and I feel good on that regard. However, there's this like underlying anxious feeling and I just can't quite put my finger on it. Now, I am not political, nor am I American. But I often wonder if I can feel that buzz coming from my friends to the South because the U.S. election is only five days away. I personally do not watch the news. I don't own a TV. You might know this about me. Uh, And I feel as though, you know, I got rid of my TV and I stopped watching the news because I feel as though it's bad for my mental health. It distracts me from that internal work that I'm committed to do for myself and for the people that I love. And honestly, news is always biased, no matter what. You know, that whole fake news thing. It's not not true. People swing and manipulate a fact. And that's just the way it is. So regardless of what news station you listen to, you are going to be, I don't like the word brainwashed, but you're going to be influenced by the way they speak, the way they present the information, whether you believe it to be true or not. Now, this doesn't mean that I don't read headlines, watch highlights, nor does it mean that I'm completely ignorant to what's going on in the world right now. Like, no. What it means is that I have boundaries around the noise that does not serve me. I've become aware of certain political styles and government marketing and social media algorithms. (laughs) And I realize that those feed my personal space in a distracting, stress-filled, brain-numbing and anxious way. So I choose to be entertained by it only when I'm in a grounded space where I can put space between what I believe and what is being said to me to try to manipulate that. All right. So can anyone relate to that? Did that feel, did you feel something when I said that? Did you, do you feel manipulated by what you are being exposed to in life right now, regardless of what side you're on? Does it feel right? Do you feel like you enjoy the little moments in your day? Because those are so important. Your day, your day-to-day attitude. Are you enjoying that? Do you feel good there? Does it reflect who you are? Or do you find yourself just spiraling down rabbit holes and are you, and, and living in this state of disbelief or outrage or 
whatever the feelings are that you are being fed. All incredibly important questions to reflect on. Now, more than ever, we need to live in the space of now, not five minutes ago, not five days from now, not well into the future. The best thing we can do is work on our awareness, that non-judgmental observer, and pay attention to the habitual thought cycles and subsequent behaviors that keep us in that loop of quote-unquote story. When we are telling ourselves a story about the way it is, all right, all it is is a story. Now, I would love to talk about this subject all day. I literally opened my phone this morning and the first three notifications I received hooked my attention so freaking hard and I could literally feel my blood start to boil. I literally felt hot as a dragon. The dragon in me began to awaken. So I had to do some really grounding and 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 mindful practices right away in the morning. And thank goodness that this has been a practice. And I've been practicing this for years and years because I was able to come back into a state of, of alignment within myself and really feel the joy of a new day. So before we get into this episode, which is fantastic, by the way, I, I truly, honestly, everyone in the world needs to listen to this. So <laughs> if you're listening right now, pass it on to a friend, share it to someone who you love, share it to someone who feels stressed or anxious, because today we are going deep into one of my favorite subjects of all time. But before we do that, I want to remind everyone that you have the power to confront that dragon and let that energy flow through you with the practice of awareness. Now, I have launched my signature course, my training. The It's called The Big Shift, Transform and Redesign Your Mindset. It is live, it is unique. It's a unique and powerful six-week program to help you develop that awareness, to help you develop your awareness practice so you can drop the drama, focus on what matters, and feel your best even when things aren't the best. So if you want to know more about this kind of thing, I mean, this course runs through the exact formula I did to kickstart my healing journey and every single step in between along the way, it really changed my life. So click the link in my bio on Instagram at Elisa Carilloads or send me an email at, at, excuse me, my email is Elisa at elisaunfiltered.com, okay? The big shift will help you shift. I am here for you. Let's do this together. You are not alone. And if you want to take the exact steps that I took, please have a look, go check it out. So also the registration for my super badass workshop, weight loss, weight gain, body love, and everything in between is back. It is back by popular demand. So if you missed it the first time and you want to begin connecting to yourself with an approach that diet and exercise professionals never take, all right, this is a completely uh, redesigned approach that I have taken throughout my life. And this, you, you, you aren't going to want to miss this one. So it might be the last time that I run this workshop, it might be. So if you're interested, that link will also be in the show notes um, and in the link in my bio on Instagram as well. So let's move on here. Today's episode is about meditation and this practice, learning the practice, learning about awareness, mindfulness, the power we hold to change our minds could not come at a better time, right? Like, Today, I have Julia Orlick on the show. Julia is a 
fabulous friend. She is a Canadian-based meditation teacher and integrative nutritional health coach. She studied under world-renowned David Jai at Unplugged Meditation. She is an advocate for brain health. Having seen the effects of Alzheimer's in her family from a young age, her mission is to help others feel supported in their meditation journey and inspire them to take care of their beautiful brains and hearts. Oh, Julia's meditation style has been described as relatable, healing, and like you're meditating in your living room with your best friend. I mean, it really doesn't get much better than that. <laughs> she believes that getting quiet enough to listen to yourself has the tendency to show you exactly what you need. This interview is incredibly fascinating. Her story is powerful. Let's get into this right now. Here is my friend, Julia Orlick. Hello, hello, Julia. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing so well. I'm so happy to be talking to you. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> yeah, <What a> treat. <laughs> no problem. It's really good to see you. I mean, okay, just a brief history for the peeps. Mm-hmm. I, I'm 99.9% sure that we met on a yoga retreat in Australia. Was it Australia? Byron Bay. It was Byron Bay. Yeah. Okay. Byron Bay. Yeah. Yeah. And then the best retreat. Honestly, I think about it all the time. I do too. I think about the food. Remember how delicious those, like the breakfast was outrageous. It was actually crazy. Were you there on the beach when, um, who was it? Matt Damon was surfing and we were all out there. No, I (laughs) missed it. Okay. Me and, um, you know, Allison. She was, yeah, 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 me and Allison, we went on this like crazy little like side adventure because we didn't feel like surfing that day and we missed the Matt Damon. Like what? And Jen was on that, the cover of like Us Weekly <laughs> or something. So funny. So I wasn't in the water when Amber came in and she was like, oh, Matt Damon's out there. That's the only reason why I was out for so long. So I grabbed my board and went back out <laughs> and I passed right by him. But oh I just wanted to look at him, and then that was it. <laughs> that was it? You didn't even catch a wave? You were just, like, the creepiest creeper? <laughs> Creeping. <laughs> yeah, that was a pretty funny... What a, what a retreat, man. I can't wait for, like, retreats to be back up and uh, running. Like, what? Um. Any Well, anyhow, that was a really fun time. I'm glad that I met you. And then we've crossed paths several times. You helped me a lot when I was going to Bali. Not to make this even longer, but you had you had been to you went to Bali right after Byron Bay, and you gave me so many amazing tips. And I still like, yeah, I can't even thank you enough. Oh well, I'm happy they helped. Honestly, I love. When I go anywhere and I, and I hear someone's going the same place, I yeah. always love to share. It just it makes the experience a little bit easier, you know, when yeah. you kind of have um, some just guidelines as to what to do. Not that you need to follow all of them, obviously, but it's kind of nice. It's just a little bit of reassurance. Yeah, absolutely. And Kitud, I know. I love him. him. I actually messaged him not too long ago just to see how he was doing. Because like, um, he said that he's not really working and I was like, oh man, cause the tourism in Bali is just like down the tubes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We could talk about this all day. So let's get into the meat here because (laughs) (laughs) we're listening. I am dying to ask you a million, I have a million questions about meditation, but I want to sort of get a little bit of background from you. I I would, I feel as though everybody begins their meditation practice in a different way. 
everybody has their own, I don't know, story around meditation and how they get, they got started and everything's so unique and individualized. But now that meditation's coming, I don't know, would you say it's more mainstream? I definitely think it's, it's becoming more mainstream Mm -hmm. and becoming a little bit more modern in that there's less stigma attached to it. It's not this thing that you have to go do only when you, uh, go to a monastery somewhere or a temple in in Bali or in in India, you know, like it's becoming something that people do and incorporate into their daily lives a little bit more. And so I definitely think it's becoming a bit more mainstream. Even it's kind of taking its own um, category as well outside of yoga, because Mm -hmm. I think meditation and yoga was really attached. And yes, yoga is a form of meditation or it can be, but meditation doesn't have to be yoga. Maybe you can explain that a bit. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we're just in this age as well of of different areas of wellness. So some people love that. Some people hate that. But <laughs> it is true that diff- things are taking on a life of their own. Mm-hmm. Um, you see this a lot in California, which is where I went to train or went to study meditation. And I never seen because I live in or I'm from Ottawa. So yeah. I'd never seen something like that before. I was so used to the yoga scene and that being it. But then you go elsewhere and it, they had meditation studios, you know, mm-hmm. it was really its own thing, which mm-hmm. was really interesting. And um, yeah, I think there's a lot of benefits to that because there's so many different aspects of wellness that can help us. So I think it's really interesting that it has morphed into its own kind of life. But the two are one and the same, yoga and meditation. Mm-hmm. You're going to get aspects of, you know, even if it's not like formal meditation, it's mindful movement, it's awareness, and becoming a little bit more comfortable in your own body and your own mind. So they're definitely intertwined. Uh, but it is interesting to see them take their own lives, kind of. Yeah, I guess the history of yoga is meditation. Like asana and the movement part of yoga didn't really get introduced to the practice till like modern times. Like Yeah, and the point of yoga was like way back was so that you could be able to sit in your meditation. You would move your body so that you could sit mm-hmm. comfortably to meditate. I remember learning that in my yoga teacher training and I was like, Oh, and the pieces just started to fall into place a little bit because when you hear, I don't know, this is good for you and you don't really get it. Uh-huh. It's, and you don't understand the the why, like sometimes you just, it doesn't matter. And then you start connecting yeah. to that why and it, and it makes so much freaking sense. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And I say that a lot too, in that, you know, there are so many things that we say we want to do for mm-hmm. ourselves so that we can become better versions of ourselves and help uh, healthier and happier and, and all these things. But if you don't know why you're doing something, then, mm-hmm. you know, it lacks the depth. So I always say that with meditation, like mm-hmm. if you want to get into it, really have a solid reason as to why you like, know why you want to sit every day, because that is what is going to be your anchor when it starts getting really tough and you don't want to continue showing up. You remember your why, and then that's your reason why you continue it. That's super powerful. So let's talk about your, journey a little bit here because it started with straight up curiosity is what I what I know here tell me about that what do you mean by that yeah so I had been going practicing yoga I got into it when I was pretty young I was I think 15 or 16 so I started going to pure 
at Pure Yoga Studio in Ottawa, and I loved it. I fell in love with all the teachers, and one of my favorite teachers at the time, or still is one of my favorite teachers, was hosting a workshop on meditation. And I just wanted to do everything that she did. I thought she was so, so cool. <laughs> so um, I signed up for that meditation um, course. I think it was like a two-hour workshop. Mm-hmm. And in the practice, I just she was asking these questions and it was a very inquisitive type of meditation. And I just started getting these answers in my head and I had no idea where they were coming from. Mm -hmm. And I was, you know, as I got into it, I started to realize, Oh wow. Okay. Like I'm actually able to talk to like my higher self Mm -hmm. as kind of crazy as that sounds, but this is my intuition speaking to me. This is my gut. And I thought that was so fascinating. And to find it at a young age, too, it's really, like, made me who I am today. Mm-hmm. So it was it was just curiosity. And after that workshop, I continued to do it. And it was one of those cool things where as soon as I did it, I instantly knew it was what I wanted to do. I was like, I want to teach this. I want to share this with others. I just, I knew that right away. Mm-hmm. And I'd never had that feeling before. So it was really, really cool. I love that so, so much. I'm like, whoa! Yes, when you feel that, you know that. Oh, love it. Yeah, so I continued just because I loved it. Because I was getting to know myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I was, you know, really just listening to my mind and my body and what I had to say about, you know, any experience, any situation that I was going through. And I was able to process my emotions as a result of that without really realizing it. It was, it happened naturally. Okay, so let's talk about that a little bit because that's, um, before I ask you about my personal experience, because I want your take on it, um, I I personally f- started to do that exact same thing. Like I started realizing like, oh, my meditation practice is doing something when I could hold space for my own emotions. And because meditation is one of those things that's hard to quantify. Like, how do you know if it's working, quote unquote? How do you know that things are, the benefits are happening? Can you speak to that? Mm -hmm. I think you know it's working when shit hits the fan and you're able to handle it differently than you normally would. Uh, It's when you're in those situations that are really tough where you may want to break down or scream or... you know, anything along those lines. And instead of doing that, you're just able to pause. And it's a millisecond, you pause for a millisecond. And then you're able to go into this situation from there and respond rather than react. So I don't think it's something you can force because we can't force those things. It's a conscious decision. And it also comes with time. So it's not you're not going to meditate and then the next time something happens, you're going to handle it really well. That's never going to be the case, right? You have to work at it, and it's a constant, constant practice. But I think you do know it's working in those moments where you show up differently than you normally would, and for the better. I love that so much. Like, that is that is a, an excellent description for that. So, okay. That being said, meditation, no, yeah. it for me, like there's so many benefits. That's how I feel it's working as well. Like that's when I was like, oh, I had my big like moment of, of there it is. But it also has helped me just in life. So what are some of the benefits? I mean, 
I'm going to list a few here that I feel in myself, like I have a better, I don't know, sleep quality. I can silence my mind a little bit better before I fall asleep type of thing. I'm less anxious. Um, I handle stress a lot differently. Um, I have more clarity, more connection to my body. The Like I can, I can sink a little bit to find the answers. Like those types of things are also benefits. Uh, what else? Or is there? Yeah. So to speak to that too, what's actually happening in the brain, which I find really fascinating. I never used to be a science person. Mm-hmm. I was so far from it, but I kind of got into it a little bit more because I just find the brain and neuroscience so fascinating. Mm-hmm. So when we meditate, we're actually able to change the gray matter and the structure of our brain. So we have two main centers of the brain that kind of come into play here. We have our amygdala and our hippocampus. The amygdala is the center for fear, stress, um, kind of any strong emotion like that. The amygdala, that's because of the amygdala and we have an amygdala in our brain. The hippocampus on the other side is our center for um, learning, spatial recognition, uh, memory, and also emotional regulation, so how we handle ourselves. What's really cool in meditation is when we practice, the gray matter in the hippocampus expands and it grows larger. So that means that we're able to regulate our emotions better. We're able to remember things better, just have more clarity of mind. Mm-hmm. And what happens to the amygdala, so that center for fear and stress and all the negative things, um, but you know those things can help you. But that center, actually, the gray matter in that area decreases. So, you know, interesting actual shifts that are happening in the brain, which I find so fascinating just by sitting and breathing. So you speak to the benefits and that's what's happening. That's why you feel those things. Yes. It also largely has to do with your nervous system. So when you breathe and when you meditate, you're taking your nervous system out of, out of fight or fight or flight yes. and back into restore and repair where you can, you know, heal on a physical level, but also also an emotional and mental level as well. And then, okay, so now I want to talk about me. <laughs> because, <laughs> Let's do it. So that, that's kind of where I lived for so long is that, that slow drip, fight or flight, um, low level to mid level anxiety, stress, got to do things, go, 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 never, never stop. Don't still in the mind because I believed that being busy was a badge of honor and having all these things on the go was making me better for some reason. So I got into this really intense uh, mindset and I was burning out, but I didn't really know. So when I was presented with the opportunity to meditate and I was seeing a spiritual coach at the time, I have talked about this a million times on the show, by the way, because it's so fascinating, but people just need to, I think they really need to understand that like we resist things that can be very helpful for us because of our comfort zones. Right. And I was so comfortable. I knew I could manage that slow drip, even though I was burning out. I knew it was safe. It was a feeling I could recognize and to let it go was scary. (laughs) So, so scary. It's so So, scary because it's terrifying sitting with your brain and your thoughts because I mean, most of the time our brains are not a nice place to be. Mm -hmm. We're very self-critical. We're really hard on ourselves. And, you know, that's also where our imagination lies. So when there's things going on in our, you know, lives that are challenging and heavy and 
you know, so tough. Mm -hmm. We have all those stories racing through our minds. So it's really daunting. I mean, sitting down to practice, it's, it's so scary. So all that makes total sense. Yeah. And it just like made me feel like I was to blame for everything that's ever happened to me or every opportunity missed or every bad experience. It was all my fault. And I just, and for some reason that became my identity. So I, I was holding it like it was mine and I didn't want to let it go. It was very interesting. So I resisted meditation for years. I want to say like five years of working with the spiritual coach. I was like, nope, not for me. That's for voodoo magic people. That's for monks. That's for like, not my type of person. I was like above it for some reason. (laughs) So interesting. And, and your background, too, I know, is sport. And yeah. that's where, and, and high-performance sport. Yeah. And that's where I came from as well when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you you have to show up every day. You're practicing sometimes three times a day. Yep. And you're trying to reach these end goals that are, you're, when you're in that environment, it's always go, go, go. Because you don't have time to rest. When you're mm-hmm. rest, it's it's a rest because you need your body to be okay for the next practice, for the next competition, Mm -hmm. for the next goal that you want to meet. You're doing it always with the goal of achieving something in the long run. And when you come from that background, I find it, I found it very strange as well at the beginning. It was so hard to just be still because we're so used to doing something and moving all the time. And, you know, even if you're not coming from high performance sport, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people can relate to that just in general, we're always working, we're Mm -hmm. always doing something, we're always moving. Yeah, like even busy parents, you're worrying about your kids, and you're worrying about your job, and what to eat, and how much money you're making, like there's tons of reasons, like things on the mind, Mm -hmm. and in in many ways, I had trained my mind to behave that way. Yeah, and I was just going to mention that too, it's a conditioning thing. Yes. So when people say, oh, I'm, I'm resistant to the meditation practice, just like you conditioned yourself to be in that go, go, go headspace. Yeah. You have to condition yourself through time or uncondition yourself yeah. to think that way and move into a different, a different state of being. And that's really challenging. I think part of it is, is just being really okay with the resistance. Mm-hmm. I feel this resistance. This is happening to me. Okay. And sitting with it anyway. Because it's not going to go away if you push it down. That's never going to work. You're right. So it's just being okay with it. And that is so challenging in and of itself. But when you can get there, when you can be okay with the resistance or the fear or the anxiety or whatever it is you're feeling, that's when you can make the real change. Okay. So my meditation practice started with one minute, a one minute timer of just connecting to my breath. I literally took one minute and I didn't want to light the candles and do the shrine thing. Like that's what I literally thought meditation was, is like you have to have this space and this environment. And yeah, that's a, that sort of has evolved into my practice now. But like to get started, I set a one minute timer and just tried to breathe and feel the air going in and out of my body. And that was it. And as soon as the timer went off and I was like, done, ding, it was like, it was like perfect. Yep, I am done. And then... I did that for a long time. I want to say like a year, a half, like eight months. 
And was it consistent? No, but it got more and more consistent. And then I went to two minutes and then I went to three minutes and then I went to five minutes and I was like, oh my God, I can actually feel my breath. And then I did a guided meditation and I was like, okay, this is, there is, there is, this is the, the tippiest, the the smallest little tip of the iceberg. Like (laughs) there is, this is powerful stuff. And that way of approaching it is honestly the most effective. Oh, really? Okay, great. Start with one minute. Yeah. Start with one minute. Mm -hmm. Set your timer exactly what you did and just build because what's going to happen, and it may have happened for you as well, is you're going to realize the more and more you do it that you're actually craving that stillness. Yes. And you're craving that space. And that, again, like I mentioned before, it's not something you need to force. It's something that if you let it, it'll just come. You're going to be craving the quiet because it's so rare in today's society. Right. I mean, it's so rare to have a quiet mind anyway because we're inundated with thoughts and information all the time. Yes. So if you can just start with one minute and build your way up, start with one breath. Literally, (laughs) we can do it now if you want. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. If no one's driving, well, if you're driving, just have your eyes open. Okay, so let's do it. (laughs) Okay, so take a big inhale through your nose, breathe in. And then release it, let it go, but try and make your exhale just a little bit longer than your inhale. Yeah, that's good. One breath. That's literally all it takes. Oh. And then you build on that. I love that so, so, so much. (laughs) I I tell my clients to do the one minute thing because not a lot of people meditate and that is totally okay. Like, Mm -hmm. however... You got to start somewhere yeah, and pay, start. paying attention to that resistance is really key because it can really teach you a lot about what you're holding on to and how your, how your, um, you know, mind and your behaviors and your beliefs are all conditioned to be this stress or this lack of sleep or this, whatever you're experiencing in your day. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. So what, so there are different, like, Hey, so we just did one minute, we just did one breath and then we're doing one minute. There are a lot of different styles of medica- meditation. Um, can you speak to that a little bit? Like there's healing meditations, there's guided, there's breathing. Like what, what do people do when they're meditating? <laughs> yeah. Great question. So there's a bunch of different styles and I just, one more thing to speak to the resistance. Yes. Um, if you are someone who has a lot of it, especially when it comes to meditating, a practice that I like to use and one that's really helped me is if you, well, you can put your hand on your heart if you, I like to do that. But if you're someone who's like, no, that's too woo woo, then yeah. don't do it. Yeah. But um, just speak to the resistance like you would a closest friend. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I feel you, I see you, why are you here? And maybe you won't get any answers, and that's okay, but maybe you will get an answer the more and more you do it. Why are you here? How can I help? How can I help? How can I help? Just keep repeating that, and eventually something will shift, and something will open up within you, and you'll be able to create that space to really listen to whatever it is that's going on inside. So that's just one thing to resistance. Try speaking to it like a friend because sometimes that makes it a little more relatable in that, you know, we love our friends. We are their biggest cheerleaders and Mm -hmm. 
will help them out whenever they need. But for ourselves, we don't do that same thing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so if you shift the perspective there a little bit, sometimes that can help and create an opening at least. Um, But meditation styles. Yes. I love this question because there are so many. And when people say meditation isn't for me, I say, I don't believe you because (laughs) you clearly haven't found the right style yet. And that's totally okay. But um, there's so many different styles, so many different types. Um, Knowing why you want to meditate is really important. So if you know you want to meditate because you have a lot of stress and you want to help reduce that stress, then maybe try a specific type and I'll, I'll chat about the types, but know why you want to if you want to meditate because you want to sleep better at night, then that's one thing. Uh, Because you want to develop a more compassionate healing relationship with yourself, that's another thing. So um, in terms of like different types, once you know why you want to do something, I can chat about the main three. Yeah, let's do um, that. These are, yeah, main three. So the first one is mindfulness, probably the most common in Mm -hmm. the Western world. Mm -hmm. And mindfulness really simple at its essence it's just breathing Mm -hmm. so you focus on your inhale you focus on your exhale and while you do that you notice anything that may be going on inside or outside so there's a bird chirping there's a car driving by Mm -hmm. I feel annoyed I feel happy Mm -hmm. you just kind of observe everything that may be going on Mm -hmm. while you deepen your breath and In meditation, we're always given a point of focus, so something to hold on to. And when your mind drifts, which it will, our brains are working, Mm -hmm. which means that, you know, we're going to be thinking, and it's not a bad thing. It means that your brain is working the way it's supposed to. So (laughs) know that you're going to have thoughts. And when that happens in a practice like mindfulness, anytime you drift away towards thoughts, sounds, physical sensations, you bring yourself right back to your breath. So your point of focus is your breath. Um, Mindfulness is so simple. And that's the one that I would recommend if you're like, where do I start? Start with mindfulness, Mm -hmm. put a timer on, focus on your breath, Mm -hmm. like what you did. That's the mindfulness practice. And it actually translated um, means insight. So mindfulness at its origin was called Vipassana. And Vipassana translated means insight. So this is where getting to know yourself comes into play. Mm -hmm. And it just happens naturally through breathing. And it's really wild when you do get that experience. Mm -hmm. Um, But breathing is the main thing for mindfulness. The second uh, technique that I like a lot is mantra. Mantra is where we repeat a word or a phrase silently and internally in our mind. So it can be an affirmation an English one, it can be a Sanskrit word, it can be a phrase, anything from I am confident to maybe a Sanskrit one like soham, moksha, Mm -hmm. anything along those lines. You would pick one that has meaning to you, one that resonates with you, and you just repeat that and you use the word or phrase as your point of focus. So as opposed to mindfulness, where our point of focus is our breath, mantra, our point of focus is that word. And you just keep coming back to it whenever you drift away, come back to the word. Whenever you drift away, come back to the word. And you do that over and over and over again. Okay, I want to speak to that one because I actually, um, that's where I ended up going. This is the flow I ended up going into the mantra. But my mantra was actually (laughs) clear my mind, clear my mind, 
clear my mind. And it wasn't like, it didn't have a huge significance at the time. It was, it was instructed to me by my spiritual coach just to say like, because I was thinking so much, overthinking, so critical, so judgmental of myself and like just thought that I was such a failure and like all my, all of my, um, thoughts, I was, because my awareness practice was growing. So I was becoming aware outside of meditate, outside of my meditation space that I was so mean to myself all the time. It was, my mantra was to clear that. And it was really interesting and it worked. And sometimes I would sit there for five minutes and repeat that word 5,000 times. It's crazy. Yeah. And it does work because the more you repeat it, it literally gets ingrained in your mind, in every single one of your cells, and it makes its way down into your subconscious where then you start to believe the words you're telling yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's the power of mantra. At the beginning, if you're saying to yourself, "I I am confident or I am loved, you may not believe that you're loved. You may not believe that you're confident. And that's really normal. As sad as it is, it is normal. And the more you repeat it, the more you will start believing that. And that's where the healing and transformation comes when Mm -hmm. we use mantra. It's my personal favorite, I find, Mm. just because it's such a form of reassurance. It's such a form of healing and love and developing compassion within yourself. Mm -hmm. So mantra is normally my go-to. And when you can get into Sanskrit mantra as well, that's really cool because you're then moving away from English and you're taking... Um, the vibration or the vibrational quality of a word and sound has a lot of power Mm -hmm. Um, we're all we all vibrate a rock is always vibrating we Mm -hmm. are no different Um, everyone has a specific frequency so when you can use the frequency of a really powerful mantra that helps elevate your state as well Um, so that's that matcha all around a great and a great um a great practice and it's easy you can take any word just come up with any affirmation that feels good for you start your timer for one minute and try it love it what's the third uh yeah okay the third um also I say all of them are my favorite because it's so true they are (laughs) um but loving kindness is or metta it's called is another really good one and this is a great practice to do to extend your practice beyond yourself. So I'll just give you a couple examples yeah. of what loving kindness entails. It's sending energetic well wishes to yourself and others. So you could maybe start by saying, um, may I be healthy at a time like this. <laughs> it's a good yeah, absolutely. And uh, then you can send it to someone you love may you be healthy. You picture them in your mind and you just send that along almost like an energetic string connecting your heart to theirs, or just you can say say the phrase, may you be healthy. You picture someone you don't like or someone who's, you know, you've been having a bit of a tough time with lately. May you be healthy. Mm-hmm. You can picture a stranger, literally the barista at your favorite coffee shop. May you be healthy. Um, you can picture the mailman, the person at the working at the grocery store, yeah. may you be healthy and you just send it to each person silently in your mind and you visualize it. And what's really nice about loving kindness is you just feel such a warmth and such a gratitude for the people around you, the people that surround you. And also you can translate, it translates into your day-to-day life. Mm-hmm. So I say this a lot whenever I'm driving and I look 
to my left and there's someone who's sitting in their car beside me, I'll say, may you get to where you're going safely. Yeah. If there's an ambulance that drives by, may all those involved be okay. So it can really translate into just becoming a more compassionate human being. I so love that's a nice that. one as well. Yeah, sending loving kindness out. I've never actually done that within meditation, like consciously, purposefully doing that. What an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay, so these are these are your top three, or these are the main three. Yeah, these are my top three. Um, okay. There's there's visualization that is also good. Visualization. Not always, but it tends to be more guided journeys. So Mm -hmm. for a guided journey, you would need a teacher to guide you through that. You can do it yourself for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, But sometimes I like saying those main three because those are ones that people can do anytime on their own. They don't necessarily need, um, need like a guided version for that. Okay, so you say anytime. Is there a recommended time to meditate or is it literally? Yeah, tell me about that. Yeah, so going back to it's look at your intention. Why do I want to meditate? Is it because I want to sleep better at night? Okay, then maybe I do it before bed. Okay. Do I want to be more productive in my days and have more clarity? Then maybe I do a morning practice. Am I feeling really burnt out at lunch on my you know, lunch break at work, Mm -hmm. then maybe do it during the day. I personally like to practice, I do a morning practice and then an afternoon practice, but mornings I think are really good because you can do it first thing, you know, Mm -hmm. and you can pair it with things as well. So if you're someone who loves working out, maybe pair it with your workout. So you do it either before or after your movement practice of the day. Um, Yeah, pair it with just like little things like when you make your coffee meditate while you drink it or Mm -hmm. anything like that okay and that brings me to my next question it's like uh I really like some of the more I'm I'm starting to be drawn to more modern meditation teachers who don't require you to sit on the bolster and light the candles because that's just too much time for me like that just doesn't work for me I like to do it like in my bed and when I'm cozy in my pajamas on my couch, the pause a movie because I'm so freaking stressed about it. Take some breaths, connect to myself, like anywhere. Is that like, and then, and then it's funny because I was like, meditation is this thing that I have to like the wall. I have to stay within the frame of it. And I don't want to be in that frame. I want to be in my own state. So I felt like I was doing it wrong and I feel like a lot of people think they're meditating wrong. So can, course, can you speak to that? Of course, yeah. So there is no wrong way to meditate. If you show up, you're doing it right. It doesn't matter how long. It yeah. doesn't matter the style. It doesn't matter if you were able to focus on your breath for one breath and then you thought mm-hmm. about all the things you had to do later on. It doesn't matter. If you showed up, you did it right because that's what counts. And each time you practice, you're going to get better at it. Majority of my meditations are done in my pajamas every single day. Yes. <laughs> it's like my favorite state to be in. Yes. So, um, yeah, in your bed, you can sit up against your headrest. You can lie down if it's better for your body. We're all so different and we're drawn to different things. We have different things going on in our lives. So 
just listen to yourself and it doesn't need to be a rigid constrictive way Mm -hmm. it's whatever is going to allow you to feel more expanded and comfortable really if you're not comfortable the chances of you coming back are very slim so really make sure that you set yourself up well because it doesn't matter what it looks like honestly as long as you're showing up then you're doing it right and anytime you practice if you start to think I'm doing it wrong just I'm going to be in your head. Yes. <laughs> Just picture my voice saying, you're doing it right. You're doing it right because you are. Okay. So uh, one last kind of controversial piece that I want to ask you about or speak to is that movement meditation. So um, I, I guess, had started my sitting down, connecting to my breath meditation before I brought it into my run practice. So when I'm running, what was happening was like the beat of my cadence I was I was syncing that with the breath and it was like clearing my mind at the same time where I was just moving to this like beat and like the inhales were going in for four out exhales for and I I got into this like meditation where I would be in that state for like 30 minutes or 40 minutes or however long my run was and I was like holy shit that was like so 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 powerful and then I would have these conversations with other runners and some of them totally got it some of them didn't and then one day someone actually kind of like burst my bubble and said that's not really meditation that's not what meditation is and I was like oh huh well it certainly felt like it so I wanted to ask your opinion about when you're actually moving your body it's so interesting that this is a controversial topic because <laughs> I've seen that as well. Um, yeah, it's so interesting. Mm-hmm. So Everything's controversial, though. Like, I, let's face I, it. <laughs> I would never say to someone, what you're doing isn't medita- meditation. Because okay. if it feels meditative for you, then that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, don't let anyone take that experience away from you. Because that's if it's meditative to you, then that's great. Okay. I think that it's interesting because I think for some people, not for all people, so you can like, if you reflect and, and ask yourself, some people maybe use that as an escape so that they don't have to sit still. And I think that's where the controversy comes in. That's where the issues come in. So if you feel like you're in that meditative flow, you're in that state when you're moving, then great. That's awesome. I would still recommend doing a practice where you're still, even if it's one minute at the end of your run after yep. you've already felt that you've been in that state for a long, for 30, 40 minutes. Yeah. Um, meditation, it, there is so much power to it when we become still because we're so used to moving. So it's this contradiction and I think that's where a lot of the power lies. So then when you take that out, when you're moving and and doing things, Mm -hmm. um, it has the potential to take away from what meditation is at its essence, which is completely, you know, still get still. Um, but then again, if you feel like you're in a meditative state when you're running, then I think that's amazing. And I think that means that, you know, you're doing the right thing and you're doing something where you feel like you're in the flow or maybe your creative juices are flowing as well. I think that's a really important thing. Some people feel that when they're cooking, they, they feel like they're meditating when they're cooking. Yeah. When they cook. Um, 
So I think that those things are important to keep. And I think it's important not to diminish those by saying it's not meditation by doing it. Mm-hmm. I do think it's important to add on to that though and do, and have a practice where you're still because we're not used to doing that. We're, we're used to avoiding that. So I think it just comes from asking yourself, okay, am I avoiding my meditation practice because I feel I'm doing, I'm, I've moved yeah. and that's good. I've breathed. That's good. Or, or do you actually feel you felt the benefits? So that's a great response. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Very, very, very helpful. And I think that's going to clarify a lot of things, clarify things for me, but also for the listeners. So, okay. The bottom line here, not that we're going to wrap it up right, right this second, but I do want to just kind of tick, tick off some check boxes here because what, what I'm hearing you say is that it can be a minute. It can be wherever the heck you want. you've provided some styles it can be just simply breathing pay attention to our resistance like it when it comes to meditation it's not that complicated it's and it is and it is for everybody and then when we do that over time we will start to change we will start to change (laughs) we will evolve our our I really love that um reaction to response or what did you call it yeah so you you respond rather than react yes and isn't it crazy that just closing your eyes and connecting to your breath for one minute might just give you the space inside your body to change your response to conflict confrontation difficulty it's nuts and you know I found this practice when before I I entered a really difficult time in my life, but um, I use this tool every day. Um, I, I my dad was diagnosed with Alzheimer's when I was seventeen, so about a year after I found meditation. Mm-hmm. And wow, it yeah, it became very clear to me how important our brain is and how important it is to honor our brain mm-hmm. on any given day. So. I think when you have this practice, it's it's just another tool that you can use that you can pull from. Yes. To help you get through some of the most challenging times of your life, and also to find acceptance. So when I think back to why I meditated during that time, it would have been easy, like not doing it. I'm going through a shitty time. I don't want to sit with that. I'm going to ignore it. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I think back to why I stuck with it, because I was just searching for this acceptance. I wanted to know, or I, I don't know, I don't think we'll ever really know, but yep. um, I wanted to feel some sort of acceptance as to why this was happening to my dad, why this was happening to my family, why this was happening to me. I just wanted to have some some form of acceptance as to what was happening and, and being okay with what was happening. And so when you start to do it, it's just another tool to hold you and help you feel supported. And I think that we all need that, you know, in this time, especially it's just crazy (laughs) what's going on in the world. And if you can just have another tool to help you get through that, then I think, you know, why not take advantage of it? Why not learn how to do it? Because it will help you in the long run. 
And that is, that is it. We all have to learn how to do it. It's just learning and giving yourself the space and giving yourself one minute a day. Anyone can do anything for one minute. I always say anyone can do anything for five minutes a day, but anyone literally can do anything for one minute. Like we're already breathing. Yeah. We already breathe every day. We might as well become conscious of it. And then it's meditation and you're good. And then, and then your life will change one breath at a freaking time. Oh and God. it's not something that's going to change, like I said, overnight. Yeah. It does take time and it takes patience and practice. And because I meditate, I'm by no means this amazing person, you know? Like, uh, I, I think you days, are. <laughs> I still have days when, like, my sister and I are screaming at each other yes. and, um, you know, and I'm, I'm having a hard time being nice to people. Mm-hmm. But um, it's just you, you know, you get better at it with time and and it is a tool that, you can call them the differences that I felt in my life are are really night and day and I even talk to some of my friends and, and some of my clients as well and you know the differences they felt I had one friend who was like to me I just I care a lot less about the little things like I don't Ooh. get upset about them mm-hmm. I'm able to just let them be and what a cool thing to happen through meditation to be okay with the little things that happen as opposed to getting so stressed about them. And I mean, ultimately when you can't control something, you might as well just let it be because there's nothing you can do. Why stress over it? Ah, so wonderful for you to say that. I love that. I mean, what you cannot control, what it's so crazy how I, and when you, when you just said some of the little things don't bother you anymore, I was like, oh my God, it's so freaking true that the things that would trigger me immediately, it's like, wow, I can't, I can't even imagine, I can't even put myself back in that place that I once was because it's so, um, however, that was how I was conditioned to be. That was what I was conditioned to be like. And that was what I allowed into my life. And now that I know that there's this other way, it's like, okay, curiosity is, you said you started your meditation out of curiosity. It's a really interesting thing to have that as like a a why. It's just to be curious. What would my life look like if I did this for one minute or five minutes or whatever? What would my life look like? What opportunities might come into play? What would my mental state be? What is the clarity? Who am I? How do I get in touch with who I actually am? It's yeah. uh, it's a beautiful thing. Okay, so what kind of person would I be too? You know, like yes, yeah. yes, Make sure your best self, and that's where you can get you know. And and I and I do really love that you said that's a vulnerable thing to say. Like I'm not always like this enlightened being. Meditation doesn't give oh, you a card that says you are like Buddha or whatever. Yeah. Oh my gosh, no. <laughs> I wish, but no, that's not the case at all. Yes. You really have to, it, it's a work in progress always. Always a work in progress, always going deeper into the layers of healing and finding that stillness and and evolving as a human being. Because our human brain, like, like you said, it is... It is designed to think. <laughs> it is designed to go, yeah, go, that's go. That's what it's built for. It's not mm-hmm. a bad thing. It's just changing those thoughts and and being okay with what's there. Like really mm-hmm. being okay with it. Because oh. that's where we change, I think. That is where we change. Okay, so I want to talk about your uh, offerings because you have... Yeah. Um, 
a new, you just launched it, which is, it's amazing, your membership program. Let's talk about that a little bit before we sign off. I'm so excited about this. Yes. So um, my meditation membership, it's called Space, and it is really a how-to for all things meditation. So I've got tons of guided meditations on there, meditations for reassurance, meditations for stress relief, sleep, morning practices, like you name it, it's there. Cool. Um, along with how-to videos, so how to sit, um, different styles of meditation, kind of like we chatted about. Mm-hmm. Any of the big questions, like what do I do when I have a thought, those are all answered with how-to videos. I've got meditation planners so that you can make it really easy to get your meditation done in the week. Um, Intention setting worksheets. It's really just like an all-encompassing meditation membership, and it's exactly what I was looking for when I first started. So I really designed it to be a place to help hold you and support you as you get into meditation and as you continue the journey. That's beautiful. And it's very affordable. I love that. I'm going to put the link to your uh, membership in yeah. the bio here. And, and there's a, it's a free seven day trial as well. Okay, so cool. So you can try it out, see if you like it, practice with the meditations. And yes. there's no strings attached with that. That is amazing. Well, Julia, thank you so much for so chatting much. about this and running us through that breath work. Like just one breath can really change one your breath. life. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It was so fun chatting with you. Have a beautiful day. You too. All right, that's all for me today. Thank you so much, Julia, for coming on the show. Find out everything you need to know about this amazing woman at juliaorlick.com. All of the links will be in the show notes. If you haven't done so yet, please head over to Apple Podcasts or Google Play and subscribe, rate, and leave a written review. Follow the show on Spotify and share it in your social media. Don't forget to tag me at at Elisa Curry Thank you all so much for listening. Have the best day, everyone. Until next time.